This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bites. It's me, Rich Bradbury. It is Monday, the 4th of September, 12.06, here in the studio, and I'm joined by... Roshan Kennison. Where have you been? Where have I been? Yeah, where have you been? It feels like I've been here on my own forever. Ah, yes, I was away last week. Uh-huh. I went to the Pearl of the Orient. Oh, did you? The Penang. And how was the that? Penang. The I Penang. Went... <laughs> <laughs> I went to Penang, a uh, family event, that sort Good of time. thing. Good break. Uh, Six-hour drive on the way back on Saturday. Wonderful. Yeah, but uh, good. It was nice to be back in Penang. Uh, okay. Hustle, bustle, uh-huh. post-pandemic, that's all. And thing. then that lovely six-hour drive back here into our favourite place of KL. Yes. And here we are again. No place like home. No place Tap like home. my feet home. T- together twice. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Right, uh, of course. Uh, Malaysia's future is here, by the way, Roshan. <gasps> And you know what? It's global. Um, So (laughs) leading us up to Malaysia Day on the 16th, of course, uh, we're taking a deep dive into what will determine our nation's future. And today we're covering uh, language, um, Mm. specifically our language. I keep saying our as if I'm Malaysian, but, you know, I've been here long enough. So uh, kind of. Assimilated. Yes, assimilated. Um, Recently, over 30 schools in Penang have pushed for this dual language program, uh, allowing for science and maths to be taught in English, uh, citing. Uh, Penang's position as an E and E manufacturing hub. Uh, Jagdeep Singh Leo uh, said that the island needs about 10,000 skilled technicians in the sector in the next three to five years. And currently, there's only about 2,000 there. So outside of Penang, the policy has been divisive and it's uh, not now. It's always been divisive, uh, depending mm. on who you ask. Uh, last month, the Star reported that some top national full uh, dual language program schools have been forced by principals to include non-DLP classes and to the disagreement of PAGE, that's the Parent Action Group for Education in Malaysia. Uh, the same article stated that the additionally, uh, you also had 70 Mara Junior Science Colleges mm-hmm. abolishing DLP for Form 1 students. So there's this tug of war between Malay and English curriculums that has left our education system up in the air for the last few decades uh, with proponents stating their own very reasons, right? Like you have it's Dr. M on one side. Time, yeah. yeah, so Tun M always been a big proponent yeah. of English for science and math. Yeah. And uh, that's part of the thing we're going to be we will be exploring here because one of the critiques of using Malay, uh, the Malay language for this curriculum is that mm. the language lacks the vocab-, vocab to be used widely, right? Yeah, so yeah. that it basically English is better suited uh, for the industry later on for talent mm-hmm. to understand and contribute to technological advancements given that it's, English is generally lingua franca. Uh, that being said, you know, how can we balance that? Because Malaysia wants to gain prominence on the international landscape. Yeah. Uh, and how can the Malay language not be, uh, if you are so quick to move it away, uh, like to focus on English, then you're not going to fully develop it, right? And there's mm. also questions over uh, Indonesia's rise to prominence and whether you'll see the Malay language become more developed over the longer term. So right. do you look at the future and hopes and ambitions for that? Or do you look at the here and now and what... Mm employers and talent need. Uh, So today, uh, we're going to be covering what an English curriculum means for our future workforce. Uh, And this is worth... is this worth co- uh, compromising Malay's linguistic development? And if you have any thoughts, uh, you can WhatsApp. I'm sure you do. Uh, you can WhatsApp us on our U Mobile number zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Of course, you can get us on X, which still find, it sounds weird to say it. We're at BFM Radio. Uh, and joining us for this discussion today is Kana Tan, uh, senior human resources manager. I think Kana, you were last here with us in June. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Richard and Roshan. Okay, so. Let's just start at the beginning, right? And from 
the perspective of talent management, have you noticed this increasing demand for English speakers in the workforce? Or is it similar to what it was before? And then adding on to that, um, what do you think uh, some of the factors might have been for that change, if there is any? Well, yes, there's definitely an uh, increase in the demand okay, for English speakers in the workforce. Right. Uh, basically, what are the factors that contributed to, to the increase, right? Number one, it could be the globalization, yeah. where businesses, uh, as we are increased, businesses are expanding their operations across the countries, right, uh, across borders, and uh, when they are dealing with international clients. Mm-hmm. So apart from this, right, um, English is, uh, has, uh, is an emerged you know, as the dominant language for the global communica- communication, right, and... Uh, Therefore, it is an essential language to be used in the business. And other than that, it could be the, since it's global, right, it also leading to the international markets where, you know, we are dealing with all sorts of races, different culture, different people with different language over uh, the country. So basically, uh, English could be the one of the main uh, language that, uh, that, uh, that is being used right now. Mm. Yeah, so I find that it is very important for stakeholders and for the people in the market to communicate in English. And uh, besides, um, since they are overseas, other than that, it could be the technology, you know, the uh, dig- digital communication where a lot of uh, meetings is being held, done online. Being um, So basically, to have everyone to have a common understanding, um, I see that English are being used, you know, even for, if, whether it's for business communication or for learning, you know, uh, this would be the core language that are being used, yeah. So with the dual language programs, many schools have opted to have English alongside Malay translations in their syllabuses. Some schools, uh, private schools, have gone, uh, have uh, have done English and math and science for some time as well. You've also seen a lot of kids go move to international schools because of, uh, the, again, the syllabus, right, learning in English. Um, how, in your view, uh, as someone who works in HR, how have we progressed in terms of getting more people to be equipped uh, with English and Malay, right? So dual language in the workforce. Um, most important, uh, at, the, at first, we, sh- we need to equip our people, whether they are managers, whether they are teachers or someone who will be conducting or leading uh, the team. You know, they need to be well equipped in this uh, English language and also if we are talking about both in uh, English and Bahasa Malaysia. So we have to equip them, send them for training. They must have the understanding when, when they are speaking or when they are teaching, you know. So it's not just merely speaking. They need to have the understanding of, of the language that's uh, being used yeah, to, to teach. So basically, um, they need to, we need to enhance the teaching and resources for, for the people in, the, in an organisation. Yeah. Then the materials, the curricula that are being... Um, being uh, draw out, you know, being uh, we'll get trainers, you know, get you need to get professional trainers who are able to actually guide them, to teach them, to coach them, you know, with the right uh, resources. Yeah. Other than that, you know, um, because uh, when it comes to professional development programs, right, for educators, this has also um, it will have to be introduced, you know, to equip them with the necessary skills. So basically, English uh, language is a uh, it's a skill, you know, you need mm. to have the right skill, to the right communication. This is how we enhance in the business communication mm. and effective uh, business communication. Yeah. Is business communication and English language proficiency, proficiency training a big part of uh, human resource development uh, based on, your, uh, on the work that you've done? Um, basically, under the human resource department, we, we do have a section where we are the learning and development program. Mm-hmm. So normally when it comes to corporate training, we, we do... Um, 
focus on uh, different areas of soft skills. But uh, I believe English would have to be one of the core um, training programs that needs to be, you know, enhanced, mm. uh, be input in the organisation. Because um, on a daily daily conversation, anyone can speak English, even in Basel, Malaysia, right? But uh, when it comes to training, you need to have the, you know, the, like has mentioned, the skill needs to be there where people understand uh, the language, the words that you're using. Because mm. there are some trainers, they, they may not want to like to use the flowery, very <laughs> in-depth kind of English. But I don't think so. That is necessary. It's necessary. Sometimes you need to have English, good fluent English that, that leads to um, easy understanding. Mm. But that can also apply into our daily uh, job. Yeah. Right, right. So I find that that's very important. So Pananga are pushing for this. DLP because of their need for skilled technicians. What factors do you think that schools should take into account um, before they decide whether or not uh, to adopt uh, dual language uh, programs? Well, um, since that they have, they are still planning to adopt. Means it has not been. Um implemented yet right so i believe they need to be aligned with the education goals you know they need to um the school need to do a uh, an assessment you know a meeting with the parent and teachers as well whether they are ready because like like um i mentioned earlier for for educators especially they need to be well equipped they need to have the skills in mm. communication so um that is a uh, one thing that the schools need to do to have a a, a very uh, in-depth discussion and agreement from the parents and teachers uh, association as well. Then um, also those who are supporting the schools because they are also be it um, government or private schools, you, they do have stakeholders or supporters who find, support them financially. Are they ready to um, to invest more? Because uh, by going into DLP means that they need to invest more to, to send their t- teachers for training. Mm. Yeah, So I think that this is actually very important. But when it comes to the local community, I think this will also uh, be beneficial to the students and the people yeah, in in, in Penang. Okay, uh, we're going to take a short break. Of course, we're in the studio with Kanatan. She's a senior human resources manager. Uh, we are discussing the dual language programs. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, uh, get, in, get in touch via our UMOA WhatsApp number. It is 018-789-8899. And we are on X at BFM Radio. A short break with some messages and a little bit of music from Aerosmith uh, with Falling in Love. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Aerosmith there with Falling in Love. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites here on BFM 89.9. It is our 15th birthday, of course. My name is Rich Bradbury and I'm in the studio with... Russian Kennison. Today we're joined by Kana Tan. She's a Senior Human Resources Manager. We're covering what an English curriculum means for our future workforce and if it's worth compromising BM's linguistic development. If you have any thoughts, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 018-789-8899 or you can reach us on X at BFM Radio if you have any questions. I have a question. Go on then. <laughs> so, Canada, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the uh, uh, DLP language and talent development. Um, so, now say that a school chooses to adopt dual language programs. Uh, are managers later on, or people in senior positions, are they equipped uh, with being able to manage a future workforce that has learned their trade in English? Because I guess for a big part of it, uh, math and science has been switched between back and forth. So, it's a bit of like a hybrid situation there. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I would say not all of them are fully equipped. So I believe um, the company, the organisation, they need to start preparing them. The preparedness of uh, coming, working with the future workforce, this is really important. So um, 
when, um, so they need to equip them, train them, send them for trainings, right? Because uh, this is uh, the first thing that when it comes to these two languages, we will be talking, we will be talking about language proficiencies. So they need to be good in both, no, uh, in both their English and Malay command. You know, when it comes to speaking and uh, educating, coaching their people as well. So um, that would be one. Another thing is how we're going to prepare them is the readiness. They're like, looking at the where we are heading today. You know, we are working with cross-cultural people cultural uh, countries, uh, people from different uh, workforce, you know, although they, they, they you may have some local uh, entities, mm. but when come talking about globalization, right, you're talking about business expansion, many are actually looking, working towards with uh, people from the international market. Mm. So um, this is definitely very, very important because um, like uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, English would be one of the key um, language that everyone would be using when it comes to uh, business. Mm. So when uh, working with the future workforce, um, most of them, um, believe it or not, they'll be very uh, more fluent in English. So people right now, the managers or more of the senior people, they need to be trained. So uh, apart from that is to send them to upskill their language proficiencies. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of this discussion has been around, you know, STEM-related careers. Uh, and... Um, Particularly, obviously, when they when they leave school. So, would learning maths and, and science in English benefit, you know, non-STEM workers? Yes, I believe so. I mean, I yeah. I, I think so, right? Yeah. Obviously. Because uh, mathematics and science is not just about um, for STEM workers yeah. or whatnot, right? So basically, um, because it's math and and science, we we deal with numbers, right? So it, it I believe it revolves a lot around about um. Uh, what do you call that? Problem solving, uh, critical thinking. Yeah, so all this evolves around our daily activities, whether it's your personal or work. You know, you, de- you need to learn how to problem solve. You need to learn how to have a, uh, you know, have a critical thinking. So I believe that um, it's not just whether it's for STEM workers or, mm. you know. Mm. So I know so, but of course, um, uh, how do you call that? Uh, because when it is being conducted in uh, both English, right, and uh, be- uh, in Malay, so basically they learn to think out of the box. They don't think things differently. They learn to view things in a very different uh, aspect as well. So I believe this is going to be very beneficial for those uh, non-STEM workers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one often uh, cited critique of uh, a Malay curriculum is that uh, is that it's not as linguistically developed uh, to be used in things like research, right? So if you're talking about wider research uh, that's done, a lot of it's done in English, although not exclusively, depending on the nation. I think it stems down to the fact that Malaysia is in a large market, right? So 30 million people speaking Malay as in compared to the hundreds of millions speaking English or the other billions speaking Mandarin, Mandarin, for example. Yeah, Yeah, so, so it is a very small piece of that pie, right? Unless you're talking about Basa Indonesia, which is a different situation yeah. altogether mm. again. Uh, although common have, there are common roots there. Now, from a wider perspective here, uh, I guess, in, you know, with a tinge of optimism and hope, uh, do you see, you know, there, is there potential for the Malay language to be developed further to increase Malaysia's presence in international, uh, the international landscape? Yeah, I believe there, I mean, there is and it's something that we should... Um, we should seriously look into, you know, because when you're talking about um, the younger workforce or the young entrepreneur, right? So these are the people that we're going to work with, you know, we're going to communicate a lot um, when it comes to workforce and comes to uh, just language, yeah? So um, although we are not very, we are not ahead of uh, many countries, but it's something that 
um, as long as I believe if our government uh, would come and enhance, you know, uh, or strengthen the policies of this um, DLP, I believe it will benefit not just the students or the, you know, but it's also people, adults like us, you know, educators and also people from the workforce. Yeah. So um, enhancing the policies, you know, um, um, strengthening it and um, uh, how to say encourage encouraging them, you know, encouraging the people to 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 skill up in our English uh, proficiency because this is um this will definitely benefit us in our a better uh, business communication. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that this is something that um is really important, something that we should uh focus or, or look into. Yeah. Speaking of the international landscape, um do you think brain drain is, is going to be a, a larger concern when more global opportunities are opened up to local talent? Is, is that one of the major fears that if people learn English too much, they're going to want to look elsewhere and go off elsewhere? Because we, we've spoken about, how long have we been speaking about brain drain here? I mean, it, it's forever, forever <laughs> right? And yeah. is that one of the major concerns? People learn English, they go overseas. Yes, uh, I believe many will have that concerns because um, probably it's also bit, it has been set in the mindset. You know, pe- skilled workers do not need to be proficient in languages. Right. Yeah, but uh, they 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 also need to understand that this um, language, if you are being able to speak different multiple language, it will also increase your motivation, your your self esteem. You know, to understand um, what you are doing. Right, although you are skilled a skilled worker, you know, but um. If you're talking about manufacturing or, or, or probably trading, you know, these are all warehouse and factory mm, people. Mm. But there are different terms in the department that they need to understand. So it's not always, they are not always numbers. So I think um, there are many uh, people in different countries or organizations, what they are afraid is they may be losing the skilled workers because as, as, uh, as they upskill in their language proficiency, they will tend to look out for better opportunity because uh, what's lacking in not just Malaysia, probably in other countries as well, many um, younger gener- generations are looking for a better uh, future in their career growth. You know, so especially uh, when it comes to, it could be a competition between the uh, career uh, the roles and responsibility and also salaries. Mm. Yeah, So people are mm. looking for better opportuni- opportunities in this area. So in order for them to go out, they need to first upskill in their language, mm. their mm. English. Yeah. Mm. So in line with the fact that Malaysia Day is around the corner, we've been talking about language, we've talked about development. Um, in the future, if dual language programs are reinstated more widely, uh, do you th- how do you think it would affect the future of... Uh, young people, the development of young professionals, young entrepreneurs, uh, the younger f- workforce uh, in speaking Malay and English? Um, it would, would not be a bigger challenge for them who are already, because as the, the younger workforce are already speaking in both languages, but the challenges would be sp- like um, speaking with people who are mm. more senior towards them. You know, people who think that they know better or, or they do things differently, but they are not very proficient in their English. Yeah, so, um, so the challenge would be... Um, in every angle, everyone will need to enhance in their language proficiency. Yeah, so I think that that is really, really important because um, when it comes to DLP, we are also promoting uh, bilingualism, right? Mm. And also enab- uh, enabling people to develop strong in their communication skills in both Malay and English. So this will definitely benefit the entrepreneurs. Mm. Yeah, because this is um, they're going to use these two languages to, to communicate with many people uh, moving forward. Mm. Yeah, then uh, of course... Uh, by uh, these uh, two languages, it will also improve the business profit, 
prospects, you know, because they are going to, like I mentioned, you know, like we shared earlier, it's going to deal with a lot of people from mm. the international markets. So these people, we do not need to go out. People are also coming into Malaysia. So you you meet with different people. You need to have these languages to be able to communicate and to, to bring in your business. So for inter- entrepreneurs, I believe it's going to be a, a benefit to them. Yeah, as they they look into the market where they are heading for their business expansion mm. as well. Yeah. Lovely. Kana, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Folks, we're in the studio with Kana Tan, a Senior Human Resources Manager. Of course, we have been speaking about the uh, dual language programs. Uh, now, um, if you did miss any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast um, wherever you normally get it from. Uh, get it from our BFM website, of course, or you can download it from the BFM app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Don't go Anywhere though, of course, we have the uh, Breakfast Grill replay coming up just after the one o'clock news. Some adverts and some music to take us up there, of course. Uh, we've got a little bit of Fleet Foxes coming up very shortly. And we'll be back, same time, same place tomorrow here for Enterprise Biz Bites here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.